way toward the back, Second uh, Timothy, second letter to the uh, uh, Paul's right-hand man, his son in the faith, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter one, verse number five. Second Timothy chapter one, verse number five. When you find your place, if you'll stand to your feet, we'll we'll reverence God's word today, respect His holy word. What a blessing it is to be able to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Glad that you're here. Glad that you're here, and I pray and I hope uh, that you will receive a blessing this morning. Uh, we know it's Mother's Day, uh, and, and we try to direct a message toward that topic, to that subject. And uh, and so I don't want nobody to think, well, this is just for mamas. No, that's not true. You can apply God's Word to every aspect of life. And uh, so we're going to get it, but we're focusing on mamas today and thanking God for mamas. Uh, 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 in Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when you get there, say amen. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. The word unfeigned means sincere. It means real, not fake, not an imitation, not something, not a put on. There's a lot of people that have a insincere faith. They believe in God. They believe in heaven. They believe in hell, but that's about as far as it'll go. Uh, they may go to church and they may uh, have their Sunday suit on, but I tell you what, I'd rather somebody with blue jeans with holes in their britches and a, and a, and a t-shirt that's sincere about God. I'd sure rather have that person praying for me, that one with an Armani suit on that don't even know him. Unfeigned faith, sincere real. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, I am persuaded that is in thee also. It was first in Lois, then in Eunice, but they transferred that faith to Timothy. Now, I want you to turn one page over, one page over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Should be one page. It might be two. 2 Timothy chapter 3 in verse number 14. When you get there, say amen. Now, we're talking about the same person. Are y'all with me? Timothy. Paul is addressing Timothy. He's got the same mama. He's got the same mama. Now, this is what the Bible says in verse 14. When you get there, say amen. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, watch this. Verse 15. And read it with me. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture. Say that again. Say it again. which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Mama, if you ever had a reason to teach your children the Word of God at an early age, it's because it'll make them wise unto salvation. You say, oh, I want them to cultivate. I want them to be their own person. I want them to make up their own mind. Listen, I want them to make up their own mind about a lot of things, but heaven and hell ain't one of them. I don't want to leave my child alone when it comes to his decision about heaven and hell. 
Heaven and hell are real, and whichever one you land in, that's the one you're going to be forever. I don't reckon I'm going to leave that to them. Listen, you make them brush their teeth, you make them go to school, you make them clean it. Listen, you make them take a bath, I'm telling you, I would rather my child gum it and have a tooth in his head and make it to heaven. I'd rather them know who Jesus is. I need a witness. Don't leave it up to them. Don't leave it up to them. There's too many weeds that can come up in the garden. You don't plant a seed and not do some weed plucking. I need the witness. I'm, I feel like preaching this morning. Say amen. Y'all pray for me. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless your word. Hallelujah. You sit down. Amen. Listen. Ain't mama's wonderful? Thank God for mama. Mama, if you ever needed anything, you didn't ask daddy because he'd always say no. You always went to mama. If there was a problem... You went to mama. If you had a bump or a bruise or an abrasion, you went to mama. There was something that was had antibiotic, I'm talking about antibiotic properties in the lips of mama because she could kiss anything and heal it. Say amen. If there was some way or another to bottle up what was in mama's kiss, I believe it could cure cancer, I'm telling you. Mamas were wonderful. I want to I wanna say just a few things about, about mamas in general. And then we'll talk about Eunice just a little bit this morning. And, uh, and then PA's going to buy me lunch today. Say amen. All right. Uh, uh, mamas, we need to remember things and celebrate some things about them. How many of y'all know your mama works very hard? Uh, some mamas had to work harder than others. Amen. Uh, listen, we remember the labor of our mothers. Uh, by the time a child, this, I did a little research on this deal. By the time a child reaches 18... A mother has to handle... Now, this is not counting an extra job if they have an extra job or whatever. Uh, Extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work. And some of y'all, as mean as y'all was, she had overtime. Say amen. In fact, women who never had children enjoy the equivalent of an extra three months a year leisure time. Oh, yeah. Illustration. A young father... A young father was trying to explain the concept of marriage to his four-year-old daughter. He got out their wedding album thinking visual images would help. And he explained the entire wedding service to her. When he was finished, he asked if she had any questions. She pointed to the picture of the wedding party and said, Daddy, is that when Mommy came to work for us? Amen. Uh, Do I have any witness for Mommy's in the house? (laughs) A teacher gave her class of second, uh, second graders a lesson on the magnet. What was it? The, the magnet and what it does. Well, the next day, in a written test, she included the question. My full name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? When the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find out that 50% of the class put mother. Mama. Boy, mamas work hard. Mamas work hard. They work hard. They work hard. They work hard. It's just, they just, uh, listen, uh, ten men couldn't do what one mama could do. They multitask. They do 15 things at one time. I can't even walk chew gum at the same time, but I promise you this, a mama can get it done. Amen? We remember the labor of our mother. Then we remember the love of our mother and the sacrifice of our mother. Uh, a, a little boy was in class. A little boy was in class, and the teacher was 
the teacher was, was asking and presenting a question to them and said, okay, if you have a pie, if you have a pie, a strawberry pie, say amen, Brother John, strawberry pie, and, and you have seven people in your family, your mama, your daddy, and five brothers and sisters. There you are, you seven people in your family. And, uh, and, and how many, uh, how much would each person get? Well, little Johnny raised his hand. He said, everybody would get a sixth. And the teacher said, said, little Johnny, apparently you don't know much about fractions. There are seven people, there would be a seventh. And he said, teacher, apparently you don't know nothing about my mama because my mama would always say she wasn't hungry. I need a witness. How many times was there one more piece of chicken left and all of a sudden mama was on a diet? How many times was, was, listen, there was something there, and all of a sudden, they didn't want it anymore. They wanted you to have it. The sacrifice of a mama. A little boy came to his mama. A little boy came to his mama and said, uh, Mama, your, your face is so pretty. Your face is so pretty. Mama, your hair is so pretty. But why do you wear those ugly gloves? Why do you wear those ugly gloves? All the, well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, you don't need to worry about that. And later on, Later on, as, as he grew up, he said, Mama, Mama, why, your face is so pretty, and your hair is so pretty. You're, you're so beautiful. But why why do you wear those old ugly gloves? And she took the gloves off her hand, and those hands were marred and mangled, burnt to a crisp, just scarred so bad. And he said, Mama, those are the ugliest hands I've ever seen. She said, Well, when you was a baby, when you was a baby, I was ironing clothes and and." and in the uh, living room, and your crib was right next to it. Your crib was right next to it where the phone rang, and I went in to get the phone, and somehow or another you had pulled the iron down in the, in the, in the crib with you, and it caught, the, caught the, 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 the blankets on fire, and I reached in to get you and take you out of that fire. He said, Mama, them are the prettiest hands I've ever seen. Thank God for the sacrifice of mothers. Listen, there, there's no way, there's no way books could write the sacrifice that mothers go through. Not just bringing you into this world, but keeping you safe in this world. Well, there's story after story after story of the sacrifice of mothers and what they did for their children. But we can remember the labor of our mothers, the love of our mothers, but then the lessons. The lessons. How many of y'all have ever been taught lessons by your mama? How many of you ever been taught lessons you won't never forget? <laughs> mother, mother taught me logic, a lesson in logic by saying, if you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. Mother taught me a lesson in medicine. She said, if you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. Mother taught me a lesson in thinking ahead by saying, if you don't pass your spelling test, you're never going to get a good job. She taught me a lesson in humor by saying, when that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. <laughs> taught me a lesson in becoming an adult by saying if you don't eat your vegetables you'll never grow up I like this one I like this one I've heard this one and I've even heard it in my own family at home now mother taught me a lesson in genetics by saying you're just like your daddy <laughs> Jordan say amen right there amen you're just like your dad my mother taught me a lesson in roots by saying do you think you were born in a barn Taught me a lesson in the wisdom of age by saying, when you get to be my age, you'll understand. Mother taught me a lesson in anticipation by saying, just wait till your daddy gets home. Has anybody heard that one before? 
She taught me a, <laughs> she taught me a lesson in receiving by saying, you're going to get it when I get you home. And then she taught me a lesson in justice. This is an all-time great right here. She taught me a lesson in justice by saying, one day when you have kids, I hope they all turn out just like you. Amen. Has anybody heard that before? The lessons we learn. Boy, what mamas have meant to us over the years. Now, mamas, what kind of mama do we need to be? Eunice is one of the greatest illustrations of a great mother in the Bible. One of the greatest illustrations we see. I was looking through uh, Jochebed and, and, and seeing how she rescued Moses and, and did what she did and Hannah, how she prayed for Samuel and the different other mothers in the Bible. And, and God kept bringing me back to this story and back to Timothy. Timothy was a great man. Timothy was a great preacher. Timothy did some wonderful things. Matter of fact, he took over after Paul was martyred and did some great things in the church, but he came from a godly mama. He came from a godly mama. Uh, uh, go ahead, Chelsea, you need to practice. Amen. By the way, Chelsea and them are going to have a baby. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I live to humiliate my class. Amen. Hallelujah. Change a diaper, you're going to be changing a bunch of them. Amen. Amen. Jason, you might want to go help. You're going to be changing some too. Amen. Jason, be outside with the water hose. Amen. Listen, three things I want to share with you real quick. Three things about, about a godly mother. Three things about Eunice's life that we can look at and, and take an illustration from. Number one, number one, I want you to see the hardship the hardship she endured. The hardship she endured. You know, everything about being a mother is not a Cinderella story. I need a witness from the mamas in the house. Listen, it's, it's funny. It's funny how Hollywood can portray being a mother. It can, it's funny how Hollywood can portray the family and how everything is peaches and cream. There's no problems and there's no issues. There's no difficulties. Well, I'm here to tell you, that is not reality. That is not reality. Uh, there are some mothers in this place, and sometimes you may look on this side of the building, and you may look on that side of the building, and it looks like everybody's got it going on. It looks like, boy, they are in control. Man, they've got it all together. They are organized. Boy, I wish I could be that organized. I wish I could be that disciplined. I wish I could have it. To, but I promise you this, everybody goes home. I don't care how disciplined they are. I don't care how organized they are. They still have given birth to little demons. Say amen. We all have issues. Now, I was looking at this story, and, and I look back in, 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 in Acts chapter number 16. It tells us something very interesting about Eunice. The Bible says in Acts 16 verse 1, Then came he, that's talking about Paul, then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there. This is Timothy. Timothy, his name was Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which we know as Eunice, which was a Jewish and believed, but, but, but. She was a believer, but. She, she was a churchgoer, but. She was a God-fearer, but. She trusted in the Lord, but. Her husband, the Bible says, his father was a Greek. What does that mean? He was an unbeliever. He was an unbeliever. What do you mean by that? I'm saying this. Every mother don't always have the support of her husband. 
Every mother doesn't have the support of the spouse that's beside her. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Be not unequally yoked. God knows a whole lot more than we do. Sometimes, and I'm saying this for early warning, preventative medicine is wonderful. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Ladies, ladies, ladies in the house that are single. Hey, listen, you're not married yet. You don't, listen, you don't have that spouse yet. Whatever you do, don't hook up with a heathen. Don't, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't care if he's gorgeous. I don't care if he's got muscles popping out everywhere. I don't care if he's tall, dark, and handsome. I don't care if he drives a Ferrari. I don't care if he lives on a mansion on the hilltop. I don't care if he's gorgeous. If he don't know Jesus, he's a loser. It will not work. It will not work. He's going to go one way, and you're going to want to go the other. How can two walk together lest they be agreed? Man, I'm here to tell you, if you are hooking up with somebody that's not saved, you're headed for a world of difficulty. You're always going to have problems. You're always going to have difficulty. Listen, some people, uh, they're unequally yoked because uh, they were both lost in the beginning, and one got saved. Some of us have been saved and married lost people. That's very dumb. But either way, that's where we are. Either way, some of you here and your spouse doesn't support what you do. Matter of fact, some of you here and your spouse don't even want you to be here. That's hard to deal with. But I'm here to tell you, it is not impossible. I'm glad by the proof of this story, by the example that we see here, you can raise up a godly child in the midst of a difficult situation. The source of her hardship was her husband. An unbelieving husband. He would not follow the, the Jewish tradition in the, in the, uh, uh, the ceremonial that, that Paul ended up having to do with Timothy. So we know he wasn't really uh, G-haw about everything that was going on. But I'm here to tell you, even if you get grief at home, I'm glad God can give you grace in the house of God. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Matter of fact, it's not going to be easy. But I'm here to tell you this. If you'll put your trust in God, if you'll say, God, give me grace through this hour, give me grace through this situation, God, I don't know how I can do it, but I know you can get me through it. I know that all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It doesn't matter what's on the other side of the bed. I'm glad what's on the other side of the roof. God will get you through it. The hardship she endured, it's hard. I've had, I've, had, I've had couple after couple and person after person in my office say, this is what's happening and that's, and I know it's hard. Sometimes I want to take my baseball bat and bless somebody. Say amen. But you can't do that. You just can't do that. But the Bible does say this, and then it's addressing, it's addressing, it's addressing women who are married to unbelieving husbands. He said they can be one without the word. By the conversation of the wife. Talking about the behavior, the, the actions, the attitude of the wife. Ladies, listen. If you have a hoodlum at home, if you have an unbeliever at home, if you have a, 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 a person that does not know Jesus at home, the best thing to do is not go home and preach every sermon you hear me preach here. It, I, I figured it'd be quiet there. Don't you say, let me tell you what God's going to do. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Bible said they can be one without the word. In other words, you don't have to preach at them. Matter of fact, you're going to make it more. You're going to make it more difficult by doing that. Don't preach at them. Don't preach at them. Don't 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 get somebody else to come preach at them. 
You just be Jesus in front of them. They can be one without the word by the conversation of the wife. The word conversation means activity, behavior. What do you mean? I mean this. The Bible says that you're the salt of the earth, does it not? Does anybody like salt and vinegar, potato chips? Raise your hand. Salt and vinegar, son, that's the greatest thing they ever invented. Salt and vinegar, I love them things, which I love vinegar. I put that on anything. But salt and vinegar, potato chips, but I guarantee you this, three chips and you better have a Coke. Why? What does salt do? It makes you, you know what God is saying by that? If we're the salt of the earth, this world ought to be thirsty for what we have and what we want. Listen, if you're walking around and nobody wants to be around you and nobody wants to be what you are, you've got problems. You're not being salt. Some of these people, they walk around and claim to be saved and claim to be Christian and claim this and claim that, but they look like an old sourpuss. They look like they have something that's contagious. I don't want what they got. If you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, the joy of the Lord comes not because of circumstances, but because what Jesus has put in your heart. Things can happen all around you, but you can still have grace in the joy of the Lord. Mom, as I'm saying this, you may not be living in the perfect situation. Matter of fact, nobody is. Nobody's living in a great environment to raise children. I think Coleman is a pretty good place compared to the other places I've been to as far as a lot of things. But, you know, we still have major problems. Well, I'm going to take my kid where there's a good atmosphere. Where are you going, the moon? I mean, really, let's think about it. There's no place. There's no place on a cursed planet lived on by cursed people that you're going to find a perfect atmosphere. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Sometimes we've got to trust God. God, it's not perfect at home, but I'm going to trust you. God, it's not easy at home. Because see, this is what I want you to get. Don't make excuses for not bringing that child the way he should be because there ain't somebody at home the way they are. They can live it through you. The hardship she endured. We see A, say it with me, the. Then B, I want you to see this, the support in her hardship. The support in her hardship. The Bible says that Lois was a believer. Then Eunice was a believer. Then they witnessed and and shared with Timothy, and he became a believer. This is what I really believe with all my heart. You may not have the support at home, but you need to take advantage of it at church. If you don't have it at home, you can find it somewhere. God made the church to meet your need. God made it last night. Last night we had a scavenger hunt. By the way, the preacher won. Say man, little recognition. Preacher one, uh, uh, Anthony was in the lead. He had a Mustang GT, a Mustang GT V8. I mean, dual exhaust and everything. And he should have won. But the rev, the rev, son, don't try to beat the rev. Don't do it. Don't try it. He stayed on the highway. I shot across the yard because I was driving a four wheel drive. Say man, <laughs> tore out through the yard in the backyard, parked right on the porch, and run in the door. Amen. You can't do that with no GT. Say amen. Anthony said, I've never seen anybody drive a truck like that, and you never will either, buddy. Amen. We had a great time. We got around the fire. Uh, This is our Sunday school class, and we started just encouraging one another. One would say this, and one would say that. This is what we think, and this is what we're experiencing, and this is what we're going. And it was support. This is what I'm saying. If you don't have it at home, you can find it at church. 
There is somebody here, but you've got to be willing to take advantage of that support. you got to come. You had to actually be there. We had a great time around the fire with that fellowship and, and small group closeness, but you'll never find it at home in the recliner. It's there if you go look for it. Take advantage of the support for your hardship. Say amen. Number one. Number one, say it back to me. We see the... Everybody say it real loud. We see the... Number two, look at this. Number two, I want you to see this. The hope she exercised. The hope she exercised. And I, and I, and I worded this not, not just for alliteration purposes, but I worded this for a reason. Exercise is doing something. Y'all with me? That's why a lot of people don't do it. I mean, you actually got... I can sit there. I used to watch... I used to watch Lee Haney, Mr. Universe. Man, this dude had ripples all over him. I mean, he just looked, it just had lumps. and I mean, everywhere was a muscle. I mean, he just had muscles coming out of his toenails. It was incredible. This guy was huge. Every Sunday morning, he'd come on. His workout show would be on there. He'd be working out. And, son, I'd sit there and imagine me walking around like that. You talking to me? I mean, I, I just, oh, yeah, boy, I can see that. And flexing and ripping and uh, muscles. You know, I never did achieve that. Because I never, I never did exercise. Are y'all with me? I didn't do anything about it. I dreamed about it. I thought, now look at all y'all hypocrites in the house of God. How many diets have y'all been through and started three days and quit? I need a witness. Why do you think all them exercise joints make you pay up a whole year because they know three days after you join, they ain't going to see you again? Exercise, doing something about it. She was in a difficult situation. She was in a hardship, but she said, he ain't going to be that way. How many of you have said this or you've made this statement or you've thought this, my child is going to have it better than I did? Some of us, we do this. Well, I'm going to do this so, so Johnny won't have to go through this, so they won't have to experience this. You know, I think a lot of that's good, and we all have that because that's, as a parent, we all have that. But sometimes I think that's a detriment to us because I believe in hard work. I know that's not politically correct, but the Bible says if you don't work, you don't need to eat. That's what the Bible says. It is amazing to me our stupid government's got enough sense to put up a sign at Yellowstone National Park saying, don't feed the bears, they won't go looking for it on, and there'll be a line at the government house, a line three blocks long to give away stuff. That's dumb to me. I don't understand that. But I believe in working hard, and I believe sometimes, sometimes in an effort to have it where our children don't go through what we go through, uh, then, then, then they get sometimes end up being a little lazy. There was generations, we talk about the great generation, the World War II generation. Man, it was hell on earth when they was growing up. They did not work to get a Nintendo. They did not work to buy a go-kart. They worked to get something to eat that night. And it was good for them. It raised up a great generation. And, I, I, and then sometimes I'm afraid a little bit that is a detriment, but a lot of it can be a plus. I can say this, I don't want my children to be sinful like I would. I don't want my children to go through and do the things I did. I want to be a better example to them. I don't want them. My dad would always used to say this to me, and I never understood it until I got older. He said, son, I want you to have the scars that I do. Scars. 
And he was not talking about physical on the body. He was talking about in the mind. All the things that he did growing up, all the things out in this world that every time he tries to pray, the devil brings him up. Every time he tries, the devil tries to condemn him. What are you saying? The Bible says, remember the Lord in the days of thy youth before the days of evil come, before the evil day cometh. What are you saying? We need to be the example in front of our kids early in life. Listen, what hope did she exercise? What did she do? To make sure, make sure her son come up in the right way. A, write this down real quickly. A, the instruction in the word. Put that verse up there, Brother brother Till, if you don't mind. The instruction in the word. Watch what the Bible says. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Verse 15. Watch this, everybody. Watch this. When you write that down, look up here. Read it with me. And that from a... When? That from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture. If you wait till they become a teenager, it's too late. If you wait, you wait and wait. Let me say this. Let me say this. It's not too late. It's not too late. That was a a bad, bad choice of words. It's not too late. It's just more difficult. It's never too late. As long as they're breathing air, it's never too late. But it's more difficult. You need to teach them as soon as they can talk. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Listen, they need to be more familiar with Jesus than they are Barney, Big Bird, the Smurfs, Fred Flintstone, or any other rest of them. They need to know that there is a real God. There is a real heaven. There is a real Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. There is a Savior in heaven who loves them with every fiber of their being. He loves them and He died for them and He wants them to be saved. You need to teach them the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me on this. Listen, that's what we got to do. Jesus loves me. Teach them all of it. You say, I don't know them. Buy a book and learn them. You can do it. It's easy. But it takes effort. You got to do it early. How many of y'all? How many of y'all? Uh, how many of y'all have ever seen Tiger Woods on the golf course? <laughs> well, I just remember the good joke. Say, man, everybody's chasing Tiger Woods on the golf course. Everybody is. Everybody's all. Why? He's he's probably the best. Everybody thought Jack Nicklaus. He's probably going to beat Jack Nicholas' record. He's probably going to be the best there ever was. Probably. If everything continues, if he keeps continuing on the way he's going now, and you can love him or hate him, doesn't really matter. The boy can play golf. Say amen. But you know what? I remember, I remember when he was on, when he was on the late shows, this big, swinging a golf club. Chad, you remember that? Remember when they had that? Had the fro going on and everything. He's that big. That big, swinging a golf club. What happened? He got an early start. What do you mean by this? I mean, don't wait. Don't wait to teach your children the Word of God. Don't wait to share with them the verses in the Bible. Don't wait to share. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him. Why? Because a lot of y'all are sending your kids to public schools, and they are not going to teach them God's Word. 
Matter of fact, they're going to teach them alternative lifestyles. They're going to teach them that you just be your own God. Listen, it's a humanistic form of, of, of teaching that's going on. Listen, be careful. Now, don't jump on me. Don't oh, you hate public school. Yeah, I do. I hate it, but sometimes that's all you got. But I'm telling you this, if you'll vest in the right before you have to send them there, it will be a whole lot better. I know some of us can't help it. I understand that. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not on no bandwagon by no means. I'm just saying this, if they have to go, make sure you got a good foundation in them before they do go because some idiot's going to tell them that there is no God, that they swung like a monkey from a tree and they came from monkeys. Make sure they know in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God made man in his own image. God dug into the dust of this earth and breathed into man's nostrils a breath of life and he became a living soul. Make sure they know that. The hope she exercised was the instruction in God's word from a child, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture. I've said this before and you've heard me, but I'm going to say it again. Scariest moment of my life. I mean, I've had a bunch, but it was, this, was, this was really, it was one that choked me down. I was, I was holding Jordan. I was holding Jordan. And she's a little old bitty baby. I was sitting there. I couldn't wait to get home. Man, I, I was working at the golf course, going to Bible college, working all day, going to school all night. And, 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 and I couldn't wait to get home to see Tammy and, and, and little Jordan and, and play with her and just have a big time. It was so cool. And I was sitting there holding her and chewing on her ear and just, you know, everything. Babies are just yummy, ain't they? You just want to chew on them. And I was sitting there looking at her. You know what? God put this thought in my heart. She could go to hell. And I almost swallowed my tongue. This child that I was responsible for bringing into this world had potential to spend eternity in hell. She was going to one or two places, heaven or hell. And the thought God put across my mind, okay, son, you a man? You brought this child here? You, you something? He said, now what are you going to do to make sure she goes to heaven? Well, that was a sobering thought to me. It may not mean nothing to nobody else. Jordan didn't ask to get here. She didn't ask to come to this world. Me and her mother brought her into this world. Now, what am I going to do? What's Tammy going to do? Make sure we do everything she can, we can to make sure she gets to heaven. I can't get saved for her. But I can sure tell her how. And by the way, B is as important as A. A is the instruction of the word, but this is one we're missing out on. B, the illustration of her walk. You cannot tell a child one thing and then live another. It is not do as I say. Because you're wasting your breath. Oh, no, no, I'm going to, you know. It's, it's, you, can't, you can't smoke a stogie this long and whip your kid for trying to do it. I've never understood that. Drinking a beer and then don't want them to do it. Don't, don't you do this. It's, it's bad for you. 
Well, it's as bad for them as bad for you. Amen. Oh, you don't need to. You, you. Let me tell you something. They're going to do what you do. Period. Just, just deal with it. They're going to do what you do. I've heard it said this, what we do in moderation, they'll do in excess. Oh, but I can control my drinking. Yeah, but he might not be able to. Oh, but I can, I can, I can, I can. It ain't about you anymore. The moment that child arrives, see, that's what so many young parents are having problems with. They're still full of themselves. They're still what I want to do. No, no, no. See, your, your life is over as you know it. When that child gets here, it's not about hanging with friends. It's not about, listen, going here and going there and doing my thing. No, it's burping babies and changing them rascals. Life's, life's, life has changed. It's all about them now. What am I going to do to make sure that child gets to heaven? I'm going to walk it in front of them. The fastest way to turn your child away from God is to be one thing here and then go home another. Don't cuss like a sailor all the way to church and then sing Amazing Grace and then cuss all the way back home. Hello. You want to teach your children bitterness? Do that. You want to teach your children how to gossip and everything? Talk about the preacher all the way home in front of them. You know what is amazing to me? Since we're on the subject, what's amazing to me is that they'll run the preacher all the way, all the way home. That child hears that. Then that child goes out and gets stupid, and then they call the preacher, can you come do something? All right, now what do you think I'm going to do? Because you've already, you've already destroyed their confidence in the man of God. Do you think they're going to listen to me? You know what you need to do? Every day of your life, you need to point them to the cross. You need to point them to Christ. You need to point them to God's man and say, listen, that man is telling you the truth. Listen to what he says. If he's preaching the book, you need to do that. If he's not, find one that will. But whatever you do, don't destroy their confidence in the man of God. Because when it comes time, they're going to make a decision. I should do this more on Father's Day, but I can't help it. I've got to do this right, right now because they may not come back. Please, please teach your child what no means. No, 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 I don't mean this. No, no, one, two, don't you let me get to three, three, two and a quarter. Here's what happens. We do that until we explode. And when we explode, then we do something Little Johnny knows that's the point. When they get to that point, then that's when I need to quit whatever I'm doing. No, if you'll say no, and when they don't, you deal with them. Deal with them right then. Make them very unhappy that they did that. By the way, I had somebody somebody that doesn't like spanking. Now, I'm I'm not for no abusing no child. Matter of fact, I could get violent with people that abuse children. I could, and I think Jesus would say it was okay. 
I don't like anybody that abuses children. I don't like anybody that messes with them. I don't like anybody that touches them. It bothers me, and I'm telling you, seeing people hurting in the hospital, it doesn't tear me up as bad. But, boy, when, they, when them little people are hurting, man, that just tears me out of the frame. I don't like nobody hurting little people. But I'm here to tell you, God said you need to correct your child. God, I don't think you need to beat him over the head. I don't think you need to slap him in the face. I don't think you need to do that. But God put a cushiony area on every single human being. He should have stamped right there. Apply correction here. It's okay. It will not hurt them. It will not destroy them. I'm telling you what, you've got to teach them what no means. If you say, if you do that, I'm going to do this, and you don't do that, you just lied to him. Why should I teach him what no means? Because one day, if you don't, and they won't respect your authority, they won't respect who you are, one day they're going to go out in public, and the, and the law officer is going to say no, and they're not going to listen to him either. Why? They have not learned what authority means. And then one day they're going to stand before the judge, and the judge is going to say no, and, oh no, and they won't live that, and they're going to end up in prison or the electric chair. Yeah, I'm preaching. This is real. This is serious. Teach them. Teach them. Train them up in the way they should go. Train them up in the way they should go. Live it in front of them. You know where, where Timothy got his faith? From his mama and his grandmama. Because they lived it. Your living will do more than your preaching. I don't know what happened. I had them in church all the time. Well, how much church did they get at home? How much of what you heard at church did you live at home in front of them? I told you this story before. Paul, remember when I about burnt the porch down in the back with the, with the, with the, the grill and everything? I don't know if y'all know it, but I'm, I'm fond of fire. I was an arsonist in another life. Amen, I don't... I just like, anyhow, I about burnt, I didn't mean to do it, but it was, it happened. It was a tragic situation. Lost half of the back porch, and I was trying to fix it. I was, I was getting new decking boards, and I was putting them on, and I was cutting them. And, and I'd take my, I'd take my, my ta- uh, tape measure, and I'd put it on my hip. I'd measure the board, cut it, put it on my hip. Well, got a phone call or something, and, and I'd set my tape measure down. I went in. Well, Becca, Becca was just in diapers. That's all. Matter of fact, that's all she had on, and we were lucky that she kept that on because it—that's our secret, by the way. Amen. But she had that diaper on, and when I walked back outside, she had that tape measure, and she was with her little diaper. She was trying to go. You know what she was doing? What she saw me do. What Tammy said. You're just like your daddy. Amen. Your kids are going to do what they see you do. If you want to go to church, you be faithful to church. You want them to love Jesus, you love Jesus. You want them to respect the man of God, you respect the man of God. You want them to love the scripture, you love the scripture. Church, say amen. Let's hurry and be done. Uh, number one, say it back to me real quick. Say it again. Then number two, say it with me. Then number three, I want you to see this. The honor she experienced. 
the honor she experienced. What honor? What honor? Well, we see the honor in A, write this down, we'll do this quick, in the praise that was delivered. Who was praising Eunice? All was. How would you like for the greatest apostle that ever walked on this planet to brag about your faith? I'm ta- we're not talking about just Joe Blow here. I'm talking about the apostle Paul who God allowed to go to the third heaven and see things that was not lawful to write. And, and, and listen, Paul, who started all those churches, went on all those missionary journeys, wrote all those scriptures that are included in God's word to sit there and brag about your faith. Wouldn't that be cool? The praise that was delivered. Listen, the Bible says... Uh, uh, children shall rise up and call her blessed one of the greatest compliments one of the greatest compliments that that that, that I've ever seen and, and it's, it's been when when and I, I, I don't even want to say this because mine will lose my mind the moment I say this but having Tammy and the girls in, in some place and they're acting like human beings and then somebody come I said them are the most well behaved kids I've ever seen now, I'm saying this now, and they're going to get stupid tomorrow. I can tell. I, I just, every time that happens, I say it's going to do that. But, but that's a great compliment. That is a great compliment. It is a great compliment when people will invite you back to their house. I'm going to get in trouble. But if you keep not getting back invited... You might need to rein them monkeys in a little bit. If they running all over the house like a bunch of Comanche Indians and touching and tearing up everything and won't let, I don't think you're going to get a second invitation. I might be just a little too practical on Mother's Day here. I don't know. Are y'all with me? Say, man. You know I'm telling the truth. The praise that was delivered said, man, that faith. Look. When that baby's born, when that baby's born, Bruce, everybody, everybody gathers around, look at it. To me, when they're first born like that, they look like a, a lizard or something. They don't look right. I mean, they got cone heads and their things are happening and it's just all kind of colors and they change frequently. I mean, it's just... And then they say this, and I've never understood this. Oh, they look just like Uncle George. Now, this is what I'm thinking. If Uncle George looks that bad, he needs some help. Say amen, Shane. But what, what, what do we always do? Oh, oh, he has her eyes. And they ain't even open yet. Oh, he has her chin. Or he has her dimples. Or, now look, all of y'all are sitting here like, oh, I ain't never done that. I ain't never. Y'all know y'all have. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on now, admit it, we're about done. You know what would be a great thing? Great thing. When that child becomes an adult and says, 
all he has your favor. David, wouldn't that be cool? That's what Paul is saying. All Timothy's got your faith. The faith, the unfeigned faith that was in Lois, then Eunice, now that same faith is in. You know what I want my kids to have of me? There's a lot of things I don't want them to have of me. When they get older, I want them to have my faith. That was the honor she experienced. Listen, not only the praise that was delivered, but then B, I want you to see this. Last of all, the preacher that was the devil. He turned out to be a great one. Turned out to be a great one. There were probably many times in his lifetime she thought, what am I doing? But when it was all said and done, he turned out to be a great one. Mothers, last, last minute, last minute, what I want you to get is this. Teach him at an early age and then live it in front of him. Say that with me. Say it again. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love, your tenderness. Lord, I thank you for mothers. I thank you for the one you gave me. You gave me a good one. 